Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. And good morning, faithful listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to the P40 Ministries podcast and happy Monday. I am your host, Jen, here, and we are going to be discussing Exodus chapter 15 today. But before we do that, make sure to grab that cup of coffee because, man, it <laughs> I have my coffee right here with me. It has been such a long week for me because we are in the process of moving right now. And uh, we're not moving far. We're just going to be moving actually kind of down the street a little bit. But man, it's just been such a long week between the pictures and the showings and just everything going on. Oh, I am just exhausted. We spent quite a long time getting our house uh, show ready so that people could come through and look at it. But of course, I'll keep you guys updated on that personal aspect of my life. Hopefully we can sell the house pretty quickly and uh, move out and uh, move into our new one. But let's go ahead and read Exodus chapter 15. And today I'm going to do something actually that I've never done before once in my entire time on this podcast. I will be talking about this entire chapter of the Bible. I don't believe I've done that once yet, but because this entire chapter is a worship session of the people of Israel, I think it's better to just talk about it in one solid session, though it is a beautiful worship song, because that's what this is. This is a a song of worship to God. And uh, speaking of that, one of the cool things I really like about the song No Longer Slaves, and my husband actually mentioned this to me, but the song No Longer Slaves, I don't remember who does that song, but it goes uh, something like, I'm no longer a slave to fear. And I think it's a cool song because it it really does remind me of something that the Israelites would sing during this this chapter of the Bible, Exodus 15. They're singing that they're no longer slaves and that God has brought them out of Egypt and how great and how awesome and how wonderful God really is. So seriously, go back and listen to the song, No Longer Slaves, and see if you think the same thing, that this is a worship song to God, how he brought his people out of Egypt. So let's go ahead and read Exodus chapter 15 here. And I will be reading actually firstly out of the NIV version of the Bible, because I really, really love how the NIV words this hymn of praise to God. Then for the rest of it, I will be reading out of the WEB version of the Bible. And I will let you guys know when I switch over to the WEB version. But let's go ahead and read this. Exodus 15, the song of Moses and Miriam. Then Moses and the Israelites sang the song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army, he is hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. 
The deep waters have covered them. They sank to the depths like a stone. Your right hand, Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you threw down those who opposed you. You unleashed your burning anger, and it consumed them like stubble. By the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The surging waters stood up like a wall. The deep waters congealed in the hearts of the sea. The enemy boasted, I will pursue and I will overtake them. I will divide the spoils and I will gorge myself on them. I will draw my sword and my hand will destroy them. But you blew with your breath and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? You stretch out your right hand and the earth swallows your enemies. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. The nations will hear and tremble. Anguish will grip the people of Philistia. The chiefs of Edom will be terrified, and the leaders of Moab will be seized with trembling. The people of Canaan will melt away. Terror and dread will fall on them. By the power of your arm, they will be as still as the stone. Until your people pass by, Lord, until the people you bought pass by. You will bring them in and plant them on the mountain of your inheritance, the place, Lord, you made for your dwelling, the sanctuary, Lord, your hands established. The Lord reigns forever and ever. So before I begin in the W.E.B. version, I'd actually like to talk about this little hymn here. So for these entire 18 verses, it is talking about God's goodness, how God is a warrior. And I love that. I love the way the NIV words how awesome God really is. He's a warrior. The W.E.B. version mentions that God is a man of war. And I just think that that's really cool because God does fight our battles for us. Just the fact that God is considered to be a warrior is just a very fascinating term because it shows how awesome God is in the fact that he really does fight our battles for us. And we often see that throughout the Bible of God fighting battles for the people that he loves. So he is a warrior. He's constantly fighting our battles for us. For these entire 18 verses, the children of Israel are just super excited because they're completely done. They're done with that old way of life that they've always known. Every single one of the people that are living right now has only known Egypt up until this point. You have to think about that. They, they've only known a life of slavery up until this point and grueling slavery. This was terrible, terrible slavery that these people were coming out of because they were, they were, their sons were killed. We see that before Moses is even born or right around the time Moses is born. We see that sons were being killed by them. We see that uh, the Egyptians were treating them horribly and uh, just all sorts of different things that we see the Israelites coming out of. So they're calling God their warrior, their person who fought their battles for them. And this, this song seems extremely sporadic as well. So I, I can imagine that the children of Israel probably did not all have this song come to them all at once and all of them started singing this. That makes no sense. There's two million people here uh, singing this song, possibly. So someone here had to have been a very skilled songwriter who wrote this song. And maybe it was Moses or Miriam, because we do see Miriam. Uh, she was able to play, I think, some sort of instrument. A, a timbrel is what it says, but I'm going to guess that's a um, a little uh, bangy thing. <laughs> 
a tambourine is what I'm trying to think of, a bangy thing. Okay, but anyway, Miriam was a songwriter, kind of, and, and she was singing some songs to God that, that we'll see later on here. But so maybe she wrote this and the pe- people kind of picked it up and were uh, singing along with her and they finally learned this song and were just singing it over and over and over. But whatever it was, it was a sporadic moment of just complete happiness for the Israelites because they saw the Egyptians in the sea. They saw them that these people were no longer their masters. They were out of that life. They were fully done with that. Seeing those Egyptian bodies was confirmation of that. God destroyed their enemies. God destroyed the people who were chasing after the Israelites. And God blessed the Israelite people and brought them out of that lifestyle. And now they have a brand new freedom-filled life. Just think about that. They are they're free. They're completely 100% free. And now they're going on this exodus out of Egypt and singing these beautiful hymns to God. And they say right here in verse 11, who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders. So it's very possible. You you have to remember that um, that since the Israelite people did live in Egypt, it's very possible that many of them did worship other gods and worshiped the Egyptian gods as well. So now they are claiming to God in verse 11 in this hymn, who is like you, God? There is no other gods that could possibly compare to you. And plus, since a mixed multitude did go up with the Israelite people, who were coming from all sorts of different nationalities, or many of them were probably Egyptian also, were going with the Israelites and traveling out of Egypt with them. They probably came from a belief of other gods as well. So the Israelites here are claiming that God is the only God, and the people are fully believing this. They are fully believing that there is no other God who could possibly compare to Yahweh. And they are exclaiming this to God and praying this. And they're saying from verse 12, basically all the way to verse 17, that God is so powerful that he's able to fight their battles without them basically doing anything. That all the nations of the world are going to tremble before their God. They say that the people of Philistia, so the Philistines, they will tremble before God. The people of Edom, Moab, and Canaan will tremble before God and let the people just pass through because that is who their God is. He is Yahweh. He is the God that completely protects them from their enemies. So these other nations of the world have nothing on the Israelite people is basically what they're exclaiming all the way to verse 17. And so then in verse 18, they say, the Lord reigns forever and ever. And that is kind of how this hymn ends here. And that's a really beautiful ending to that hymn. So now I'm going to switch over to the W.E.B. version and finish uh, reading the rest of this chapter, and then we'll discuss it. So I will be reading Exodus 15 verses 19 through 27 in the W.E.B. version of the Bible. For the horses of Pharaoh went in with his chariots and with his horsemen into the sea. And Yahweh brought back the waters of the sea on them. But the children of Israel walked on dry land in the middle of the sea. Miriam the prophetess and the sister of Aaron took a tambourine in her hand. And all the women went out after her with tambourines and with dances. 
Miriam answered them, Sing to Yahweh, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has thrown the horse and his rider into the sea. Moses led Israel onward from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went there for three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they couldn't drink from the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore its name was called Marah. The people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Then he cried to Yahweh, Yahweh showed him a tree, and he threw it into the waters, and the waters were made sweet. There he made a statue and an ordinance for them, and there he tested them. He said, If you will diligently listen to Yahweh your God's voice, and will do that which is right in his eyes, and will pay attention to his commandments, and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians, for I am Yahweh who heals you. They came to Elim, and there there were twelve springs of water and seventy palm trees. They encamped there by the waters. So it's sort of funny, the switch that happens here. I'm, I'm sort of laughing and chuckling about it. <laughs> and uh, from verses 19 to 21, they're still singing these praises. Moses kind of gives us a little recap as to what happened in verses 19 and 20, where, you know, the Egyptians were thrown into the sea, basically, and God protected the Israelite people. And then Miriam was singing all of these songs with the women of Israel. And they were playing the tambourines and they were dancing before God and they were super duper happy. So they're going about their business for about three days now. They're traveling and they're still singing. They're still happy. They're still dancing. But then they kind of start to forget God's goodness because they come to this place called Shur. And it was a wilderness, meaning it was a desert. There was no water anywhere for the people to drink. And what water was there was bitter is what they say. But that means it was garbage water. It could not be drunk. It was terrible water that the people would just get very sick if they even remotely tried to drink it. So they start murmuring is what it says against Moses. So they were complaining. But in the people's defense, at this point, they are not complaining to God yet, at least. So they are only complaining to Moses. They are complaining that Moses brought them to this wilderness area with no water and all of them are going to basically thirst to death. And sorry, I'm losing my voice for some reason here. But um, anyway, so the people are complaining against Moses saying, what should we drink here where there's no water? All the water is bad. We can't drink that terrible water. So then it says that Moses cries to Yahweh. So once again, Moses is crying out to God. He's like, God, please give the people water. They're complaining. And, you know, we don't know what we're going to do. Should we move on? We don't know what to do here. Can we please have some confirmation? So God basically shows Moses a tree. And he's like, okay, throw it into the bad water. So Moses throws this tree into the bad water and the waters were made drinkable because of this tree. So who knows what kind of a tree this was? I don't know. But God gave Moses this tree so that the the water could be drinkable, as funny as that is. It's just very, very interesting to me. And we do know that charcoal, which comes from burnt trees, actually does make uh, water uh, clean and clear. You, that's a, a trick you can use if you're out in the 
wilderness and you have to survive, you um, take some charcoal and you pass the uh, water through it and the water will become clear because uh, it purifies the water. I'm kind of a very mild survivalist. <laughs> I don't. I definitely don't do um, some of the things that other survivalists do, but I do know a few tricks and stuff like that because it sort of interests me. But anyway, so that's a trick that you can use if you're ever uh, stranded in the wilderness. <laughs> but we do know that charcoal can cause um, clear water. So maybe this tree was burned. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm just doing complete speculation here. But one way or the other, it doesn't seem like the tree is burned. But Moses throws this tree into the water and the waters were made healthy. They were able to be drunk. So the people are drinking the water. They're happy once again. But it says here that Moses puts up an ordinance for them. And they were he was saying that if the people follow God and all of God's commandments, that God will not put any diseases on the people that have been on the Egyptians and God will take care of them if the people continue to follow God, to listen to God's voice, and to keep his commandments. And this is still true to this day, at least uh, not maybe in the same aspect that it was for the Israelites, but it does say in the Bible that if you continue to trust in God, God will take care of you, that God is there for you, that God fights your battles for you. You know, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, so God is always the same. And God continually says to people that he's always fighting their battles for them. And if we follow God and listen to him, that he will protect us. He will take care of us. He is always good. He is always there for us. And even though it may not look like what we think it looks like. For example, these people here, these Israelites, what they could see only was the crappy water, was the bad water. That's all they could see. And they weren't realizing how good God really was and that God was going to protect them and take care of them. So when we see bad things happen in our lives, we can only see the surface of it, you know, but we don't know how God is working during all of this. Just like with these people, he was working for them and he was going to make the water clean for them. And that is how God protects us to this day. So friends and faithful listeners, this was Exodus chapter 15, and I hope you love this chapter of the Bible, as did I. But friends, we will talk about Exodus chapter 16 starting on Wednesday. I hope you join me then, 6 a.m. Happy listening, and God bless. Mm-hmm.